And MLM Rebel is a new breed of network marketer, smarter, truly independent, and free. MLM Rebels wage war against the soul-sucking corporate world and against network groups who would rather preserve doctrine than helping people get results. MLM Rebels recognize when the world changes and changes with it. MLM Rebels don't believe in duplicating things that no longer work and would rather work without a safety net than within the confines of one. MLM Rebels are only involved in opportunities that give everyone an equal playing field instead of a top-heavy one. We don't care about the sacred cows of MLM, we don't care about the industry, and we do not care about the way it's always been done. We care about people following their gut. We care about people being able to quit their jobs now. We care about people being with their family instead of their boss every day. We care about people being with their family instead of their team all day. We care about people living free. We believe a truly free networker has multiple streams of income. We believe a truly free networker's creativity isn't shackled by their company's contract. We believe a truly free network marketer actually knows how to market and that they run their business like a real business. MLM Rebels prioritize faith, family, business, sacrifice sacred cows, build their own empires, never rebel against each other, and change the world. MLM Rebels know they are not confined by doctrine, not stifled by the past, and know they are one business away. My name is Zach Spear, and welcome to MLM Rebels. Hey, what's up, everyone? Zach here. Welcome to another episode of MLM Rebels. Excited to spend some time with you guys here today. I am walking on the pier in California. I shouldn't say the pier in California. There's more than one. Um, but it's like a really, really long one. It probably takes 10 to 12 minutes to get to the end if you're walking pretty quick, which is pretty cool. Um, so as I'm recording this right now, I'm watching some surfers catch some waves and stuff. We are staying like a block from the beach right now. Like that's where our place is. We're here for like three more weeks and uh, the place is all right. There's a couple, you know, just like funny things that, you know, came up when we like stayed there. Basically it's a, it's an Airbnb, it's a house, like an Airbnb house, you know, and I don't think the, uh, the hosts are very familiar with like doing Airbnbs yet. So they're not like super good hosts, but they're just, I think they're just learning. Um, and things like that. So we actually, of course, we haven't like met them or anything because you just get the keys from like this lockbox thing and and whatever. But um, aside from that, it's actually pretty cool. So initially, when we first got here, I was like, ah, I don't know if I really like this place, you know. And then the, the longer we stay, I'm like, this actually pretty sweet. And then I'm watching these surfers surf, and I'm like, dude, this is pretty awesome. So I'm thinking about buying like a surfboard and wetsuit and stuff, and then selling it in three weeks. Um, just uh, just to like go surfing every day because when we were in Bali, we took like three weeks of private surf lessons. And uh, so definitely not very good, but uh, good enough to at least go out there and try and probably fail miserably, but at least go try. So, uh, so I'm thinking about that right now. But anyway, I wanted to, I wanted to jump on and uh, spend some time with y'all and talk about uh, steps four through six of the nine core steps. <coughs> And that that is your personal growth stuff. So that's read, listen, um, and associate. And so if you are just jumping into here, you should probably go back and listen to the episode titled The Nine Core Steps, and then maybe even start uh, by listening to steps one, two, and three before jumping into here. So steps four through six are all about uh, growing you. Steps one through three were about growing your business. Okay. And then steps seven through nine are the multipliers. So let's just jump, just dump, excuse me, jump right in and, and get into these things. So the first one is read. 
What I would highly suggest you doing is reading um, about 15 minutes a day or as, you know, as much as you can, but definitely 15 minutes a day from a business or personal development book or leadership book. Um, Doing this is clearly going to be integral to helping you develop leadership skills. So as you know, this business, or as you may or may not know, this business is all a leadership business. Yes, it's a marketing business. And yes, that's what we talk about a lot on this podcast is marketing techniques, because that's a piece of the business that a lot of people don't focus on. And that's uh, that's why a lot of people don't grow. But when you learn how to get people in, the next piece of the business is keeping them in and multiplying your efforts. And that happens through leadership. And that is what a lot of steps four through six are about. So in order to develop your leadership skills, you have to learn leadership. And then of course you have to practice. You learn leadership initially through reading and listening and associating. And I don't even know if that's about learning initially. You learn that all the time through those three, through those three methods. So every single day, especially in uh, the morning or the evening, uh, this is usually the best, is if you read 15 minutes every day. Now, we have like a, kind of like a recommended book list, if you will. Um, we've only really given it to our team because it hasn't been like, you know, it's, it, whatever. You can, so I'll just kind of give you a few books that you can use and, um, you know, go from there. But uh, what you want to do is definitely learn yourself a lot of marketing and learn yourself a lot of leadership. So a couple good marketing books is the Russell Brunson book. So .com Secrets and Expert Secrets, those are great ones to start with. Um, if you have already read those, I would get The Ultimate Sales Letter, which is a copywriting book. And those are great marketing books to begin with. Um, from there, those books reference other books. You can kind of branch out uh, from there. But those are some good three to start with. Some leadership books would be... Uh, the 21 Invaluable Laws of Leadership uh, by John Maxwell. That's a really good book. Uh, I would also do How to Win Friends and Influence People, Dale Carnegie, and Bringing Out the Best in People by Alan Loy McGinnis. Um, those are more people skills books, but if you are good at people skills, you can parlay that into leadership. So those are some good ones to start with. Um, I know you could be thinking like, oh, I hate reading, all that stuff. Like, I used to hate reading too. I, I in fact, I despised it. Um, and now I really love it to the point where I could literally read for hours a day. And it, it's a learned habit, not, it wasn't natural for me. Um, and so now I really, really enjoy it. I mean, people will literally spend a good portion of their life gathering the information to write a book. And you can gather their experience in, you know, a few hundred pages, what took them half a lifetime to learn. So it is a extremely good time saver. Okay, so let's jump off of that. Um, I guess let me give you one last tip. If you're in the boat where uh, you're like, oh, I don't really like reading or I don't have time or whatever, bookend it. So meaning this, you know, you can get easily caught up in, you know, the stuff of your day in the middle of the day. And then next thing you know, it's nighttime. So in order to make sure that you do this every day, do it first thing in the morning. And if, if you like, well, I don't have any time in the morning. Well, yeah, you do. You're just sleeping. So get up earlier or just do it last thing. So right before you go to bed, the last 15 minutes, just don't fall asleep. Read book, read, read your book for 15 minutes. And um, if you learn, if you teach yourself how to speed read, which is not that hard, you can crush a book still fairly fast. So uh, yeah, I would book end it with a book. Um, and you'll find yourself to developing a 
a desire for it. A lot of people don't like reading because they liken reading to school. And they're like, oh, well, school, reading sucked in school. Yeah, you're right, it did, because there's a bunch of useless crap that most likely didn't get you closer to what you actually wanted, right? But if you're reading something that gets you closer to what you want, you'll find yourself probably enjoying it a lot more. Think of these as an accelerant to steps one through three. You can work your guts out, do all your volume, but if you are bad at working with people or if you're bad at marketing, your work will not be as effective. But if you can multiply your work, that's that's truly the differentiator. Work hard, working hard is very important, but multiplying your work, I would argue, is actually more important once you develop the discipline of working. Um, meaning... Multiplying your work is more important than working harder after you've, after you've already learned how to work hard. Okay, number two is listening. Listen to at least one motivational leadership or marketing podcast a day. Uh, okay, we can kind of leave it at that. That's pretty easy. But the same type of thing, like if reading is visually guided thinking, I've heard this, uh, again, I've already told you where these nine core steps came from. I give credit where credit is due on these. Um, but if you think, Think about the fact that the way that you and I think, or that the way that you and I think is the thing that causes us to have different incomes from someone who thinks different than us. So for instance, what's the difference between a a construction worker and a doctor and their income? Well, it's the way that what goes on in their brain and what they do with their hands because of what's in their brain. What about the difference between a doctor and a successful real estate investor? What's the difference? It's what goes on in their brain, right? They think completely differently. An investor thinks drastically differently than a high income producing active based income person. So if you want to change your income, you have to change the way you think. The best way to do that is to gather thought process from people that think the way that you want to think. Because if you change the way you think, you can change the way your income operates. Reading is visually guided thinking. Listening is taking someone else's information and putting it into your brain so that you can make choices like they do. So listen to one of these at least a day. More than that, if possible. If you have a job where you can't, where you're like, you know, where you don't have to talk to anyone, man, plug these things in your ears and listen like 10 a day. You know, just binge binge listen. Um, I'm not going to tell you necessarily which, well, sure, I'll give you a few examples. Um, I'll unabashedly uh, point you to this podcast. Start at the beginning and go all the way through. Marketing Secrets Podcast by Russell Brunson. Extremely good. Um, there's a leadership podcast that keeps getting recommended to me by Craig Groeschel. He's a uh, well-known pastor. Um, clearly, there's going to be some spiritual through lines in his messages, but he is a very, very good leader. Pastors a monstrous church. Um, and if you I don't know if you've, if you've never been, even if you're not around the spiritual side of life, like you have to understand how much leadership chops it takes to build and lead a church organization. Okay. Um, last one is associate. So this is being around people on your team. Now, the best type of association is actually physical. If you can physically get around people that stretch you. I'm not necessarily talking about people in your downline. That is really helpful, you know, because you need to do that because that's going to stretch them, hopefully. But for you to grow, you need to get around people that stretch you. So you need to get around your upline. Now, that could be 
difficult if you are building a business totally online. Um, it could be even more difficult if your upline is not uh, active. So the next best thing would be to do it virtually. Okay, so if your upline or team has, most uplines and teams have some type of weekly call. If they don't, maybe you should consider starting your own or, you know, yeah, uh, find, finding a team where you can actually get stretched. Um, but most teams are going to have some type of weekly uh, association thing. Tie into that and don't make excuses for it. If you don't tie, let me give you a really just like blatant perspective. I want you to think about this. Let's say like you want to win, right? You, clearly, if you're listening to this podcast, you obviously want to win. So let me ask you a question. Let's say your upline goes out and puts on a weekly call, weekly meeting, whatever, physical, virtual, doesn't matter. And I want you to think about how much how much effort it probably takes them to prepare that that meeting and that call. Do you think they just throw it together? Or do you think they think about what their team needs and put something specific together? Yeah, they probably put something specific together, right? Okay, now think about this. They put a call on. They've got... Let's call it, I'm just throwing numbers out. Let's get, they got 1,000 people on the team and 50 show up for the call. And let's just pretend for the sake of argument that you are not one of those 50. And let's say in a week from now or three days from now or five weeks from now, you ask that particular upline for assistance, coaching, or help in your business in any fashion. How, how excited do you think they're going to be to provide that coaching if they've most likely covered the information that you're asking for at, on one of these calls? Or what if, they didn't even, what if they didn't even cover it, but you aren't showing up and then you're asking them for personal help later? Do you think that they're going to be really pumped about carving out more time to recover that information or to cover that information with you when you aren't making time for them? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Remember when I said in a couple episodes ago that whatever you do to your upline, your downline is going to do to you. So I'm just thinking about this. Extrapolate what I just said. What happens if what I just said takes place and, um, oh, I don't know, you build a team of 50 people, 100 people, what if only five people showed up to your call or three? How Number one, how does that make you feel? Number two, do you see where this is getting bad? Do you see where your effort is no longer multiplied? Because now if you want to influence the other 47 people on your team, guess what you have to do? You have to personally go talk to them. Do you know that if you have to go personally coach 50, 100 people every single week that you don't have... A duplication-based business. You've got a, you've got a job, and I'll tell you right now that if it, it's not the, it, like it's not fun, <laughs> not fun at all to do that. So how do you fix it? Well, number one is you make sure that you're the best example humanly possible for your team. I don't care if you got zero people on your team. Whatever you do to your upline now, your team will do to you later, um, and it's especially true if you have a, a soul on your team, if you have someone on your team, but it's, it's true no matter what. Um, it's almost uncanny and weird to see how this takes place. Like no matter, even like no matter what you do to your upline, it's almost uncanny to see 
how it happens back to you, even if you have no one on your team while you're doing it to them. It's crazy. Anyway, you get the picture. So think about it from, you want to think about all this stuff from two perspectives. One, how does this help me now? And two, how does this help me as an upline later? From a selfish benefit for you right now, or if you're the upline now, you're putting on these calls. How much more effective are you if you can train 100 or 1,000 people at once, right? If you can build a small smattering of a relationship with 100 or 1,000 people or 10,000 people at once. It's significantly more effective than calling everyone 50 times, right? And we've talked about this before on other podcasts. Like, you're not going to want to spend your time, your personal coaching time, with people that aren't um, operating at a high level. The goal of a call, of a call like that I'm describing, or a training I'm saying, is to give everyone some love, give everyone some training, give everyone a push, and to help you decipher who are the people on your team that you really want and should spend time with. Then you find the people inside of that association that you can spend time with. Another humongous benefit is this gives you a place to edify people. We did an entire show about edification, and and in case you're wondering, edification is literally the primary form to motivate someone. You don't motivate anyone or get anyone to do anything by telling them to do it, ever. You get people to do things by edifying them. And when I say get people to do things, I don't mean in a manipulative way. I mean in a motivational way. Manipulation is when you have some, when you get someone to do something for your benefit. Motivation is when you get someone to do something for their benefit, but you're leading them. The whole point of leadership is when someone says, hey, I want to get from here to there, but I can't get there on my own. And you need to lead them. And many times, I would say most of the time, you're leading them through something that they don't actually want to do. See, true mentorship actually happens when true mentorship happens when your coach asks you to do something and you don't agree with it, but you do it anyway. That's when you're that's when you're truly being mentored. Before that, you're just following your own advice. But anyway, you get you get the picture. So associate as much as humanly possible. At the bare minimum, if someone on your team is offering a, a weekly call of some kind or a weekly training or whatever attend that weekly training, attend that weekly call. At the maximum, if they're offering something every day, then do it every day. Do it as much as you possibly can. So association, I would argue, is the single most important of these three. We, as people, we adapt to whoever we're around, right? Um, it's just a fact, right? I mean, that, think about what your mom told you, right? Careful who you hang out with. You can, that can go either way. That can go down or up. Just like food you put in your body, everything's either killing you or making you healthier. Just like, pe- or just like that, people do one of the two things. They either make you smarter or they make you dumber. They bring you up or they bring you down. That's why I significantly limit, if not completely eliminate, time with people that don't stretch me in a positive way. And I highly suggest you do the same. So the very minimum, do your weekly training or whatever. Uh, maximum, do it as much as you possibly can. And last thing about association is, I don't even know why I have to say this, but it's just so, so hilarious. Attend your company's, it's called a you know destination event, I've heard it before. Whatever you want to call it, a function, a training, a conference, destination event, whatever. Attend your company's or your upline's destination event, period. Um, that is literally the primary way that you can get 
good uh, relationship with people on your team that you wouldn't have otherwise got the relationship with. Most people on a team we've never met. And the way I'm going to meet them is at a destination event. But I'm never going to meet them if they're not there, right? Or if I'm not there. So attend the destination event and get your team to attend them as well. Remember this and never forget it. The size of the decision is based on the size of the event that someone attends. Okay? So if I want my if I want a person on my team, if I'm gonna say, okay, this person really wants to get free, they want to quit their job, I know for a fact I need to get their belief really, really high so that they believe that they can actually achieve that goal. Their belief is going to raise the maximum amount at a large destination event. With the exception of getting insanely big results, that's where their belief is going to get the highest. And regardless of the result thing, this is where they're going to stick through the hard times. See, if you took, if you gave me two people right now and you said, hey, Zach, I'll give you two people, this guy right here, he'll get really fast results. In fact, he'll make six figures in six months or six figures in 12 months. And this guy right here, he'll make 10 grand his first year, but he'll attend every single event that you promote. The first guy won't attend anything. Which one do you want? Every single time I'll pick the second guy, the guy who made 10 grand his first year. Why? Because the guy who made six figures his first 12 months, He's just attached to results, and the second things get hard, he's probably gone. The guy who attended all the events, he's building a relationship with me, and he's developing an image on the inside of what he wants to create long-term, and he's going to be able to push through the crap. He gets that through a destination-type event. If you get someone on your team, and they're just trying to make 500 bucks a month to supplement a little bit of income, or just so they don't have to drive Uber or whatever, you know what, is a destination event that important? Probably not. They don't probably have to go to one, right? They can go to a couple of your, you know, they could attend your weekly training calls online. They could do the stuff that, you know, you coach and most likely they can hit their goal. No big deal. But if someone gets in and they want to quit the job, they want to get free, they want to make seven figures and their, and like their level of commitment is uh, occasionally attending a weekly training call and um, like just like constantly getting stuck in this paralysis by analysis phase. Do you think they're ever going to hit it? There's no way, not even close. So your goal is to help them, is to raise their belief. Once again, I'm referring back to uh, the, the nine core steps, inventors, if you will. What is the primary goal or the primary mission of an upline, of you, if, assuming that you have a team? What is your primary goal? Your primary goal is to raise belief. It's to raise belief in your team. If they believe that they can see succeed, if they believe they can get results, if they believe this will help them hit their goals, they will stay and they will move forward. When the belief goes down, that's when people second guess, that's when they doubt, that's when they quit. Doubt, negativity, these are the things, and fear, these are the things that blow a person out of your team. Doubt, fear, negativity. This is what kills them. This is what makes them go away. If you remove doubt, negativity, and fear from your team, you will have a team that sticks, you'll have a team that loves you, and you'll have a team that hits their goals. How do you do that? By raising their belief. How do you raise belief? Well, that's a whole other art in of itself, but I'll give you a couple of bullet points. I just gave them all to you. <laughs> just go back. Listen to all this stuff again. I just gave them all to you. Have them attend. Have them attend these destination events. Have them associate with people on your team that are getting results. Have them literally talk with other people that are getting results on the team right now. Have them get around their upline. Have them read books. Have them listen to trainings. Have them take action. This raises belief. How do you get people to do something? Edify them. We talked about that, right? 
So we've covered all the stuff before, but remember, your primary job as an upline is to raise belief. It's your primary goal, all right? All right, hopefully this all made sense, everyone. I am officially back from my walk on the pier. I had to stop a few times to avoid some chatterboxes that were being a little loud. Maybe you heard them. And uh, surfers look amazing. I'm, like, super jealous right now. It's getting pretty hot, so I, like, want to just, like, jump in the water. But as of right now, I have no board. I have no wetsuit. And I don't know if you're familiar with California, but the water is actually pretty freaking cold. Um, it, it can be warm. Like, I came here once in the middle of the summer, and it was, like, scorching hot even by the ocean. It was, like, 100 degrees. And so the water was, like, really hot. The sand was scorching your toes. Um, but that's rare. So, like, right now, you know, if you, don't, if you go in there without a wetsuit, you'll, like you know, freeze. And, uh, that's no fun. So I need to get a wetsuit. I need to get a board and, uh, go from there. So anyway, hopefully, uh, this found you well. And, um, as we've talked about before, uh, near the end of, of a show like this, where we're not talking as much about marketing, but more about, uh, network marketing thought process and things. Um, the primary goal of MLM rebels, I shouldn't say the primary goal, but the main goal of this podcast is to help you understand how to use real marketing and sales funnels to build your MLM business, okay? That's the primary goal of this podcast. And of course, we're teaching leadership as well because if you have all marketing, no leadership, you're gonna blow your whole team out. But the main thing that's missing in network marketing is not necessarily leadership tactics. The main thing that's missing is people learning how to market. So we teach you how to get people to come to you, how to sign up in your team, and in some cases without ever even talking to you, and to doing and doing that at scale. So you can do it over and over and over again without working harder. If you want to learn the basics of this, I shouldn't say even say the basics. It's probably it's basics plus intermediate. Um, you go to mlmrebelsblueprint.com. There's a 40-page blueprint teaching you how to uh, how to do that. How to well, actually, how to do that plus plus plus. It's how to make an automated recruiting system that you can literally turn on everything from the ad all the way to them getting registered is automated. Uh, the only touch point is an occasional email, and if you want to even higher close rate, you can if you're willing to get on the phone with someone and close them, uh, you'll have an even even higher close rate. So that's mlmrebelsblueprint.com. You go there, you can get that completely for free. Well, anyway, it was amazing spending time with all of you today, and. Um, Appreciate you listening, and we'll talk to you all soon and see you in the next episode. Thanks.